Hello, my friends. I'm Michelle Robinson, and thanks for joining me here today on Boss Talk, where every conversation is meant to build you up so you can walk in your purpose. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Boss Talk. I'm Michelle Robinson. I'm here with Gordon Sully, and today we're talking about perseverance. We're talking about overcoming. And Gordon, you're the CEO at Sully Real Estate Group, and also you do a lot of other things, but um, you're an author, you're a speaker, uh, you're right, you have your own podcast, which is awesome. Um, but before that, you were a doctor. For That's, many correct. That's correct. That's yeah. correct. First of all, thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, it's, it's an honor. And I know that this podcast is going to reach a lot of people who are dealing with chronic pain and are trying to figure out how do I, how do I overcome and walk out my faith? And hopefully they can extract some things from our conversation today that's going to help them out quite a bit. So absolutely. Um, well, you know, one of the things that I admire about you, Gordon, I mean, one of the many things um, is that you just are, you, you have pressed through so much suffering and I know there's a lot of people, I mean, suffering is suffering, whether it's pain in your body or pain in your heart or pain in your emotions. And there's so many people today right now in the midst of this coronavirus and some may be suffering from physical pain from actually being ill, but some are also, I mean, we're talking about an emotional pandemic, but before we get into solutions, I really want to talk to you. I just want to hear your story. I want people to know and have hope because your story offers so much hope. And I mean, here you were a doctor for many years, a chiropractor working in a practice, very successful. Tell us about you. Tell us about your story. Well, things came upon me very quickly. I was a chiropractic practitioner. And I had two practices, one in Pueblo, Colorado, as well as Colorado Springs. And it, what's ironic is that I also specialized in permanent disability and impairment ratings. And so I worked a lot with the tort system. In other words, those people who are dealing with auto accident injuries, specifically whiplash injuries, on how to diagnose them properly, as well as how to treat them. And there were a lot of people that were experiencing permanent impairment residuals from that. So here I am, an expert in the field, and now I get to experience the same thing personally, dealing with auto accident injuries and having more than just a whiplash injury. Um, I had a very severe neck injury, which required four neck surgeries. So I have one disc basically in my neck, Everything is fused in my neck, and I've dealt with chronic pain now for over 27 years. Well, now, how did this happen to you? I mean, you're just going about life. Life is good. You're happy. You're married. You have wonderful children, and all of a sudden, your life changed. I mean, what happened? Well, actually, it happened before I met Sharice. Sharice uh, oh. is my wife. That was 27 years ago. Sharice and I have been married for 24 years, so when Sharice met me, I had dealt with the auto accident injuries. I had dealt wow. with the whole system. Sharice actually met me at my worst physically. Wow. So you were in a car accident. You were just Correct. driving down the road in Colorado and somebody hit you. And you were, you were used to actually taking care of these people. I, have a, I, I had a heart. I still have a heart for those people that have those type of injuries. Absolutely. I mean, a car accident is, is not only physically traumatic, but it's emotionally traumatic. So, you know, you've been, you were used to not just dealing with the physical pain of 
car accidents, but I'm sure there was a lot of counseling that you were doing and just talking to people, encouraging them, giving them hope. Well, a, a lot of times it's not even the auto accident as the causation to what you're dealing with with suffering. You're, Michelle, you're, you're accurate on this point. You're dealing with the issues of your identity being pressed in and crushed. Wow. For, in, for instance, I could no longer practice as a chiropractic doctor. I was used to having wow. a higher status. I went down to living in an apartment. I had, to, I had to get out of my home, get out of my prestigious life. I had a mattress on the floor. I, w- I had my Bible. I had a lamp on the floor, only my clothes. And I had my, my, my young son, who was uh, a, a young child at the time, one or two years old. And I had to start all over. And I had to start all over with the seriousness of the neck injuries. And wow. for, the, for the first 10 years, I couldn't lift any objects over one pound. Wow. So, so I had to start from scrap. So my identity was crushed. Emotionally, you deal with, naturally, you deal with that sequestered injury of depression. Mm-hmm. And I was at a point of giving up. Now, okay, when I hear you say all that, I think of a lot of people out there that are dealing with exactly that. I mean, think of all the people who have their own personal pandemic. You know, there's the personal, the worldwide pandemic. And then there's people are in major personal crisis, whatever it may be. They may have lost their job. They may have lost their identity in their mind of who they were. And now they're having to change that and, and move into a whole different identity because they don't have a choice. And that's what you were, you were forced into something that you had no idea was coming which is where we're at today, you had, you know, no, you had never experienced anything of that magnitude. So you were having to manage through that. You had children, you had, you had, uh, you know, you were by yourself, you're in an, you had to downsize your, your whole life had to change. And so many people are dealing with that right now. So here you are in that situation. And I know your current wife and she's amazing. And now I think she's even more amazing. (laughs) Because she's like, you know, you. how did you guys meet you guys? And, and you're in the middle of this crisis. I'm in the middle of this crisis. And, and with these folks you're talking about, let, let's take COVID right now. Yeah. They're, they're dealing with a tsunami. Trauma. Going yeah. right over their entire life. Mm-hmm. And a big part of this COVID is, is that it's an invisible enemy and there's fear attached. Yes. And, yet, and yet there's a 99.9% recovery or survival rate. Yes, I know. So, it's, it's a perspective thing. Right. So it is a it is a double-ended frustration. They have a double-edged sword being stuck right through their chest and yeah. they're just left empty. And I was at that stage. Wow. And I, I understand it. And then as the years went on, a couple of years went on, I met Sharice and we we don't even like church retreats. We just happened to go to a singles retreat. I've never been to one in my life. And we met and we instantly fell in love. And she loved Christ that was within me. Mm, And that for us, she saw the fact that I had already had a moment of truth. And I've had a few moments of truth with these injuries. And the moment of truth is, do I fully believe in the word of God? Do I really believe in it? And I and my honest conversation with God was, no, I don't. I'm not healed. 
my life is a debacle. I, I, this is nothing that lines up with what I've learned with church doctrine or anything else. And what I did was, is I went out and bought a Cambridge Bible. And I started going through Bibles from the first page to the last. And I went through six different translations at six to eight hours a day, mm. reading the word saying, if I can't do anything right now, physically, let me start by something that I know that there's more power and there's more manifestation that's related to healing than what I'm getting from the doctors. And I had good doctors. So Sharice met me in the journey that I had through suffering. She met me when I was girded up with a lot of strength, a lot of courage, and a lot of faith. And I could answer the Holy Spirit in me and say, I do fully believe in your word. I do see how transformation is happening. I do see how the light of God, it's not something that's just in us. We're part of his experiment in the sense that the more we walk in faith, the light shines even more and we see Christ through the whole bit of suffering. So that was what was encouraging for me. And Shri saw that in me. She saw the injuries, but because she saw the light of Christ in me, I think she overlooked them. Mm -hmm. And until after our marriage, I had a setback. So after, so here you, you're now in the, in the midst of when you met her, you were still dealing with major pain, right? Major pain, major yeah. pain. But I thought I was on the way out. I had gone through it and I thought, okay, if I can't practice chiropractic, I was going to become a lawyer. I was already looking into law schools. I felt like I could do something that was closely related to my profession um, because I had a passion for people. I had a passion for justice. Um, I saw how unfair some uninvited injuries like auto accidents can be for you. So that was really my heart at the time. And um, everything changed in a swift second. Um, I caught a condition called RSD, reflex sympathetic dystrophy. And that was within six months of our marriage. It's now entitled complex regional pain syndrome. And that's a condition where you have a hypersensitive nervous system to any touch, Michelle, in your body. So someone might just tap me on the shoulder and instead of getting 10 efferent impulses back to my brain, I might get 10,000. So was so this I, a part of the nerve damage that was done in the accident? This is part of the nerve damage. And because I had so many surgeries, wow. uh, the, the pain signals that I had in my ganglion were off course. They were so hypersensitive. So I, I, I started having the complex regional pain syndrome attack my body within six months of our marriage. And I have a young, beautiful wife and she can't even touch me. So mm -hmm. I could not differentiate between hot and cold water. I could not differentiate uh -huh. between any touch. I couldn't be touched. I couldn't wear clothes. I was naked and I couldn't even walk. I was crawling. Wow. So I, w I thought I had already been down to the bottom. Yeah. And then you go down even further. You go down even wow. further. After I'd already studied the word and prayed my, my life to God, and then it was worse. And wow. so, but God gave me strength because I'll never remember, I'll never forget this. We were in the hospital and they had to shut down my nervous system. They gave me sympathetic blockades through my neck, my mid back and my low back. 
I was a quadriplegic. And all I could do is move my head side to side. Were you, so you were a quadriplegic as a result of this nerve damage? They had to shut my nervous system down, literally. Wow. Wow. Because it was on fire. And if it kept going on the same course, they did not believe that I was going to live another week to two weeks. They felt wow. like that was the end of my life. Wow. Um, my, my, my hands and arms, I was so swollen, you couldn't see nail beds. My skin was so stretched, it looked like it was going to start ripping off my, my bones, literally. Wow. Um, Gosh, Gordon. I mean, when we talk about this, cause you're, you're talking about this looking back, right. And you, right, you're right. saying it very succinctly because it's a part of your story. But when you think about just, I, I just think about how that you had already gone through so much with just the whole accident and dealing with this ongoing pain and then to go to an even not another level of darkness, because that, that really is, okay, you know, another challenge to, do you really believe? You know, do you really believe what the Bible says? Do you really believe in God? I think, I mean, I, I hear a lot of people, you know, you think of people and they, they say, you know, oh gosh, that sounds like a Job story or that, but your story really is a Job story. I mean, you literally were naked on the ground, could not walk, everything you around you, you I'm sure you felt cursed, you know, in, in a sense. And here you are having to push through another level of, I, uh, of I'm one of my favorite words, a hard word for us sometimes is surrender. Correct. Yeah. Correct. You're, you're very accurate in what you're describing. And it, it affected me in every level. It affected me financially. I'm, I was used to living a good life as a doctor. Yeah. And I was down to nothing. And every time I walked to the post office, I was looking at brand new bills coming in at 500 here, 1,000 here, 2,500. I was like, I, 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 was, I was just trying to breathe. Wow. You're like, and if I can just get up every day. And I'm sure there's people who feel like that at this moment. You know, they feel oh. like every day, just getting through the day and breathing is hard. Cause you know, I know people who have lost, you know, their entire industry is gone, you know? And I mean, someone in my family who's been in an industry for 20 years at the top of her game, number one in her company has that industry is gone for right now for at least for a couple more years. So yeah. she's having to, and even though she's not in physical pain, the pain of just the loss, tremendous loss. So you had lost all financially. So they didn't cover any of that in the accident. I, I, I had to deal with litigation and insurance companies just mm. like other people. And honestly, the pain of that yeah. was sometimes, <laughs> in the of the pain. it was actually worse than trying to deal with my physical pain sometimes. Wow, wow. And so it just, it just didn't stop. So every part of me was in pure chaos. It was inconsistent with who I was as an individual. And so I know there are a lot of people dealing that, dealing with that same type of, of, oh, just huge type of trauma in their life where their hearts are wrecked. Hope is hard to find. Yeah. And I've been in that same place. But what happened in the hospital with Sharice is this. I couldn't move. I could only move side to side. I couldn't be touched. The doctors had, had discussed my prognosis with Sharice. And they said, hey, we don't know if this guy's going to make it. Get, wow. your, get your affairs in order. And wow. 
and Sharice came to me and they had settled me down with the, the sympathetic blockades and I could only move my head. And she looked at me and we both had tears in our eyes. And she said to me, what are we going to do? She asked me, Gordon, what are we going to do? And I looked at her and I said, we're going to praise God. We are going to praise him. Mm. And we are never going to doubt or diminish the value and the character of who God is. And that's where we have to anchor our hope. Yeah. Yes. And that's what we did. We praised him that day. And Sharice wasn't ready to praise him at the time. She was more like, I just feel like cursing. And I, I am not where you are at, Gordon. How can you be where you're at? I could only be where I was at because our life is a life of preparation every day, no matter what stage or season we're in. And I had prepared to deal with that magnitude of a trial. Wow. And so I knew that. And so I praised him and I said, I'm going to walk through this by faith and we're going to be okay. So I finally was released from the hospital, still dealt with all the difficulties, but each day was, I have a choice. Do I walk through pain? Do I embrace pain? Do I accept it? Do I walk by faith? Do I keep realizing that the old Gordon Sully in his, in who he was, and he claims he's a new Christian, he's born again, and he's a new person in Christ, and he's growing as a new person. Am I going to let the old parts, the dead parts, am I going to leave them? Because they were already taken from me in, in many respects. I wasn't a doctor anymore didn't have the money, didn't have the security, didn't have the purpose, still dealt with injuries, still had a one pound lifting restriction, still had two kids, had to raise a family. The world doesn't stop for any of us. Yeah, No, it doesn't. So what was I going to do? We were going to keep walking through faith. And what we did was I was fortunate that I had a very loving wife, but we realized even with role reversals, we had to do the best we could by faith and learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Learn to get a vision of what God had for our lives. Learn to look at things eternally and walk them out practically. We don't get that a lot in the church. And I'm not knocking the church. Yeah. But that theology about suffering, we do not get the practical parts about the pain-suffering moments and how those translate into faithful steps towards Jesus. Hmm. I love that. I love that. You're right. I think, I think so many of us, you know, grew up with this idea that, that if you're suffering, that you're not a Christian, you know, or if you're suffering, then you're not doing something right. You must be sinning in your life or something. Right. But suffering is really, you know, I, and I, I think there's, um, I recently was talking to Michelle Louvier. She's a trauma specialist and we were talking about suffering and suffering itself is, is something that actually can refine you to the point that it strengthens your life. It strengthens your inner man. And I know you, you talked about that, that spiritual maturity that it brings you to. And while none of us, I don't think any of us would say, Hey, I want to suffer so that I can be spiritually mature, or I want to suffer so that I can be close to Jesus. But that's, it's, it's definitely out of the choices you make, um, depending on your choices, and I know you've talked about this, is what happens as a result of suffering. And so 
So we're going to be talking about solutions in a few minutes, but so let's talk a little bit more about what, you know, your story, because I want to, I don't want to leave people at your place of suffering. They're looking at you now going, well, what happened? <laughs> Something changed. Something changed. I, um, I was injured uh, in 1993. And here it was the year 2006. Sharice and I had already figured out how to work the best with real estate. We had our own brokerage. Sharice was the broker. I was the person behind the scenes. I could offer a lot of consulting and I can offer a lot of different things. And I basically helped raise the family. Okay. So here I was as a doctor. And now, wow. I, now I became a father who was more detailed, more involved, more specific. Um, the kids were fed more spiritually. Our family, I was the priest of the home. So Sharice became the king of the home, which was awkward. So I became number two. Sharice was number one. Mm. And so what we did is, is we both grabbed onto those roles and said, let's take these. And this, our marriage is so sacred. This is a sacrament unto God. Let's see what he does with this. And as a result, our real estate brokerage went crazy with how God walked in it sent us referrals. Sharice has been top 1% in real estate in Colorado Springs for the last 23 years. Wow. Um, we've been involved philanthropically. We've been involved with ministries. But during that time, as much as we were doing things, no matter what, when you're suffering, I don't think people always relate to it. I don't think that we have any lessons or classes on how do you handle someone who's in chronic pain? Yeah. But they still, they still ask things of you if you have a natural leadership gift. And they were still, um, I, I love these folks, but from a very personal, and I'm, 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 it's almost a confession right now, being very vulnerable, I felt a lot of people pulling on us. And when you're in chronic pain, you almost can't take one more thing. Hmm. So I had gotten to the point of saying, I cannot try to use my own human effort by doing all these good things. It was beyond the message of don't, don't grow weary in doing good. I was physically and mentally and emotionally done. I had nothing left in the tank. Yeah. And the year was 2006. And I looked in the mirror and I didn't even realize it. This is how things sneak up on you. I had gained 75 pounds. I literally stripped off my towel in front of the mirror looked in the mirror, looked at my eyes. My eyes were almost pure red because I hadn't slept at that time in about 11 years. Wow. Jeez. And I was so totally exhausted, so totally wiped out. I said, I don't know how many more years I have left. And yet I have a beautiful family and there's still a lot of love here. And I looked in the mirror and the verse that came to me, and, and, and this is out of Jeremiah because I'd been studying this. I, I was just like Jeremiah, why has my pain been perpetual and my wounds incurable, refusing to be healed, God? Will you, God, indeed be to me like a deceptive stream with water that's unreliable? The Lord spoke back to me, and it was consistent with the word of God. Therefore, says the Lord, if you return, then I will restore you. Before me, you will stand, and if you extract the precious from the worthless, 
In other words, from the words that you say and the thoughts that you have, you will become my spokesman. And I looked at the Lord and I, I basically asked him in this relationship, Heavenly Father, I, I honor you. I believe in you. I, here, here's where I'm at. But I am now, and excuse my language, I'm a fat pig. And my body is deteriorating right before my eyes. I'm a doctor and I know better. And I can't even stop this. And he gave me a vision. Two things were in the vision. Number one, I would be walking on a treadmill quickly. And then number two, I would speak to thousands of people through a platform. <laughs> so That's what a I did, vision. Right. So what I did was I said to Sharice, that day, I know I heard from God, just like I know the day I heard that we were going to get married. And by the way, we were married in 21 days. And I said, I know that I know that I know. And she looked at me and she said, I love you so much, honey. And I said, we need to go out and buy a treadmill today. We need to get my tennis shoes because I have rheumatoid in my feet, rheumatoid arthritis. I could hardly walk. Um, I had just broken a cane. I, I, we went to the store to buy a cane so I could use a cane to walk. And I broke it over a tree and said, I will not accept this label. Mm, wow. I said, I said, I believe the creative will of God is a, it doesn't want me in this isolated disability, have a cane status. And I went with the vision instead. So we bought the treadmill. The next day they were able to deliver it. And I was on the treadmill six days a week walking a 5K for 13 straight years until this January. And I did not miss one day. And I had already had six different kidney surgeries. And I still walked the treadmill and did not miss one day, no matter what. And what happened during that time is I learned a lot of things about my, my, my walk of faith. And one of them was what I was doing physically turned into my prayer time with God. It turned into my relationship with God. I felt God walking with me. When I started walking, I never walked, Michelle, on that treadmill without pain. I still don't. So you had to push. You, you just, by faith, kept pushing through every day. By faith. And I made a choice. I'm going to have a mental transformation. I'm going to have my mind renewed. And I'm going to chase wildly. Faithfulness is when we chase wildly after God's heart. I'm going that. to chase and chase and chase. And wherever I feel dark on the inside from the pain and the toxicity, I'm going to let his light shine brighter. And I'm going to gain strength from my faith. And that's what I've done. I love and it. so when I mentioned until this January, I still walk on the treadmill four to five times a week. And I also do some other things. And I'm in pretty good physical, mobile health compared to most people. Um, but the physical manifestation came through a sanctifying faith with God and believing in God and speaking of who God truly is by his word, Love truly it. is by his character. Well, so that's what changed. Yeah, look what happened. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's incredible. And I know so many people out there are thinking, gosh, how, how do you even do that? So let, let's take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, let's talk more about how you mentally move through that. And then your plan for speaking to thousands, because I believe that's coming too. <laughs> okay, we'll okay. be right back. 
Hey guys, I am so excited to be able to share with you that Boss Talk Magazine is absolutely live. You can go right into your app store and download it for free. And hey, thanks for listening to Boss Talk. We're back with Gordon Sully on Boss Talk with Michelle Robinson. And Gordon, we were just talking, well, first of all, we've laid out your life and man, I mean, lots of, there are people who are probably sitting there going, how in the world did you push through that kind of pain? I mean, you said you were on the floor, you couldn't touch anything. How did you get past that part? And then how did you get to the point where you're walking on a treadmill? I mean, that's a mirror. It's a, it's miraculous. Really. Well, after I had had uh, the sympathetic blockades and all the medications that help put your, you know, I was on a lot of opioids that your body, my body, you know, when someone who's on an opioid, which is pain, almost pandemic in the United States today. Yeah. That's you don't a have, very serious you, thing. From an anatomical and physiological position, you're not having your bowel movements until every five days or so. Mm. So you're dealing with toxicity in your body. You're dealing wow. with emotional despondency. You're still dealing with your symptoms. Now you're on a fix. I really didn't feel the addiction of it, even though I was on morphine sulfate for several years. But you, you're in this place where you're being tossed back and forth, where you're the tail and not the head with your condition. It's controlling you instead of you controlling it. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I'd reached a point where made a decision where I was no longer going to take those narcotics. So um, we had gotten off the narcotics. Um, I still had the weight gain, still did little things like take naps or do what I could to contend with pain. The pain hadn't gone. Some days were better than others. And then when I got to the point of the treadmill, you have to remember, this was years and years and years of living in chronic pain. This was not, for someone who's out there listening, we're not saying. Yeah, go get on the treadmill. Well, go get on the treadmill and disobey your doctor's orders right now because you have acute pain. Yeah. This, I'm talking about someone on chronic pain for several years where they're not going to create clinical instability or re-injure themselves. I realized that it was a vision of God for me. And I think God has a vision for most people, those who really believe in him and want to walk through their suffering. And so I believed in getting on the treadmill. Now, Michelle, here's what's ironic. I get on the treadmill and the very first thing that happens is that I develop a Morton's neuroma in my foot. And that's a very painful nerve condition in between your toes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this, this happened too. And I was like, is an, another trial? Are another, you kidding? Yeah. And because I was a chiropractic physician, I knew how to adjust my own foot. And I did, which was a scream and tears, but I was able to get back on the treadmill. Wow. Continue to work and continue to work out. I was not going to stop. And I think for someone who's in chronic pain, when you're at that point of making a commitment to change and you have full belief in God and you are prepared, if you don't walk it out, you're missing that door of opportunity. And so when God opens those doors, I knew I was going to walk through them no matter what the costs were, no matter what the sacrifice was. I knew that I had to do that as a leader for my family, because you're not only working for yourself, right. you're, you're spreading the beauty and creativity of God's healing will 
to your whole family. So the whole family benefits. It's the kids. It's the it's the 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 spouse. It, and if someone's not married, it's the girlfriend or it's another friend. You're spreading the fact that you're going to be courageous and strong and walk through it. So just like Joshua would talk about in Scripture, Old Testament. So that's what I did. So I kept doing that. And so, yes, my body, I shed all that weight and kept it off ever since. I, I lost it within the first nine months. I wanted to just take a, a pound and a half to two pounds a, a week and just slowly take it off, change the way I ate. But what was beautiful about it on the treadmill is that it affected every part of my life. It mm -hmm. affected our finances. It affected our relationships. And when I say affected, I'm saying it empowered them. Wow. So the way that we could look at things, the way that we learned how to save money, the way that we could be better stewards, the way that we could give more to ministries, the way that we could be instrumental without having to be the lead person, even though we were leaders, it was because of God's grace. And it was because something simple, and it went all the way back to the bed when we said, we're going to praise God. And those, foundation, those foundational things of your faith are powerful. And anyone who's in pain that has a teardrop right now, believe in the power of God. Believe in what you can walk out. I think a lot of people are looking for miracles. And I'm a miracle guy. Um, when I was in practice as a chiropractor, even though it's not scientifically proven, do you know how many miracles happen because of adjustments on patients? Wow. Um, it was, it's amazing. That was the love that I had as a doctor. I loved that part of it. And I used to pray every day, Heavenly Father, take my hands and use your grace through my hands to touch people. Use your healing power, since you're the great physician, to touch people when I would adjust them. So I had that ritual every morning. So I, I already had that connection with God. And so now he has shown me the connection to share that through a voice, through communication, through writing, through connection. People need connection and people need to learn all the little steps that happen through a suffering process. And, and that's, that's where we're at today with, with our platform. So, Well, one thing I'm hearing and, you know, as you were talking, I just thought, so many people can get stuck in that place. They can, you know, here you were, you know, a doctor, you were healing people every day through the gift that God's given you. You were honoring God with your gift. And then you find yourself in a situation and God knew you would be in that situation, right? He knew that that, that was going to happen. And in, instead of choosing bitterness, you, you chose to praise God. I mean, that, that's a simple choice, but for a lot of people, that sometimes has to be a process. Not everybody can immediately say, okay, I'm living in basically hell. And so I'm going to just praise God now because of it. I mean, think of Joseph when he was thrown into prison or when he was wrongly accused or, you know, the things that he persevered. And that was the difference between him and, and somebody that, that God doesn't raise up. And it is the fact that you chose to say, I will praise you on the mountaintop and I will praise you in the valley. Amen. So that would be the first, right? Bitterness, not allowing bitterness 
to come into your life, it's so easy. It's just so easy. And you don't even realize you're doing it. It's so easy to be angry with God and say, why me? I mean, why me? Why did this happen to me when I was praising you? I was honoring you. You know, I was doing quote all, you know, I, I, you said you had that perfect Christianity. I did. You were doing all those right things that was in your podcast that I listened to, by the way. <laughs> and I did. I did. You know, and you, you had that all together. I had that all together. I became a born again Christian in Atlanta, Georgia. I went to Charles Stanley's church. Oh yeah. I, like I, 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 you know, I had the khaki pants and blue blazer <laughs> and a yellow tie and you even wore the right outfit, <laughs> you, you know, and I had the right prayers. I'd read, read the scripture. I was devoted in my church life. I was compassionate and kind towards others. But one thing that Sharice and I went through as a couple, and this happened, is that I believe I was disciplined by God. And someone who's suffering doesn't want to hear that. And I understand because suffering has such a, a large vacuum of grief associated with it. Yeah. You deal with you deal with anger and frustration and doubt and disappointment and despondency and then acceptance and then you go back through it. Yeah. And you go through those stages and it hits you when you don't even realize it. I went through that. And I and at times I'll still experience some waves of that in my own life. But what happened during those during those processes is that I had to also synthesize what was the meaning behind pain and how does it line up to a loving God? And when you start going through that journey and you start discovering a loving God because of what I went through, I'm actually more intimate with Christ than I ever was before having the, the khaki pants on with the blue blazer and everything <laughs> yeah. looked, and everything looked perfect. You were tied up. You were all tied up in a perfect bow. I was in a perfect bow, perfect Christian community. And it had very little to do. And when God was disciplining me and Sharice has finally come to that point after 24 years and she agrees now is this, he does, God doesn't discipline us because we're sinning. When we believe in him, sin is already eradicated because of Christ on the cross. It's already right. atoned for. He was disciplining me to bring me closer to him and show me that I'm a legitimate son in error to the kingdom that's coming. Mm. And so he was helping to form me from an old person instead of relying on my old habits, my old ways, whether successful or not successful. He was blowing all of that away and saying, here's what a new person in faith looks like. And you're going to discover that I'm not only a living hope, I'm a loving God in your suffering. And I can say that contagiously and truthfully in love. Mm. And that's happened over 27 years. And so that's what the beauty of the suffering message is. It grows us from old to new. We're being converted. It's like a butterfly. Yeah. You're in a cocoon and you're, we can't describe what a butterfly undergoes or another animal shedding skin. It's a painful process, but when you're released, you see a beautiful new creature. And I think there's a lot of people today, Michelle, in the church that only see the ugliness of the pain and the messiness and the sloppiness and the scatteredness of the pain and suffering. 
and they forget to put their eyes, including those people who don't have pain, looking at their friends. Those people in pain, they're diamonds in the rough. They deserve honor. They deserve a lot more respect. Their voices need to be heard more than they are today mm -hmm. because they have a lot of insight to suffering and a lot of insight to Jesus Christ and the love that he has for us. So that's, those are, those are part of the things that I've learned through the process. Would I choose suffering? Absolutely not. Am I better off for suffering? I absolutely am better off. And I understand Paul when he had a thorn in the flesh. It was, he was able to be in tune to hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit. I feel the same thing. And so when I get a nudging from the Holy Spirit and I get a sense it's because I'm practically and empirically walking out the knowledge of who God is, and I'm trying to be obedient to his voice. Mm. Suffering has been that gift. Suffering and gift in the same sentence. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. And, and suffering, I know these facts. 50 million adults today in the United States suffer from some form of chronic pain. That means you are dealing with intractable, intractable pain, whether physically or mentally or emotionally, for at least six months. 50 million adults. That's pandemic. That is a pandemic. That is a pandemic. That's not even close. Hmm. And yeah. their lives are being torn and shredded. And I have a heart for these people. And this this faith, this overcoming way of dealing with the world and its problems and diseases and catastrophes. This is not from just me. It's for everyone. And we overcome this world by one word, faith. Mm. Faithfulness is not just a multiplication thing where you, you sow seeds and have faith and it grows into several different things, which that could be a whole nother podcast because I believe in sowing seeds and growing from there. But faithfulness for me is when everything is stripped from me and there are no signs of multiplication. There are no signs of prosperity or success. There are no signs of having a higher position in life. That faithfulness is I'm going to experience the intimacy of Christ. Hmm. I know that. I know that. It's true. Oh, we're, we're coming to a close, but I wanted to make sure just and like, uh, before we close, I just wanted to share, like, think about when you were in that place, what are some, what are some things that you could share with the, the people viewing and listening to this today? What, just like a few steps that will help them to move beyond some of the things that they're going through right now. We almost need to do another podcast. On yeah, that is really another podcast. I'm like, in five minutes, tell everybody exactly what in to do. In five minutes, tell everyone what you're going to take a whole year to tell them in a whole platform. You're, in some ways, you're, you're on the other side, not necessarily of the pain completely, but of, of what God brought you through in the process. And I know one thing for me was, I know we talked about definitely don't victimize yourself and, and forgive and don't become somebody with bitterness. And then also, I know it's really just when you're in that place, it's really an hour by hour embracing and saying, you know, in this moment, I'm thankful. And in this next moment, I'm thankful. I think 
my son called me the other night and it was really cool because I've had a lot of conversations with him and this whole pandemic and he watches the news a lot. So he's constantly, you know, caught up in all that and a little frustrated and, 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 and concerned, deeply concerned. And uh, he called me the other day and he's like, mom, I'm choosing to look at the things I'm grateful for. Mm. And that has made me have a great day. And I was like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Cause I could tell him that, but he's not going to catch on to that. It's really something that people, you actually have to choose for yourself. You know, God doesn't take our will away, does he? No. Even though it feels like we're being smashed, we still have choices. Yes. And your son, as I would say, used a form of being eternally mindful by using that gift of being thankful and grateful for what he has, because exactly. that's, that's transcendent thinking. Yeah. And, and a lot of times uh, people, they might not be able to defeat the resistance of pain in their life. They feel like they can never overcome it. Even though they're overcoming by faith, they don't feel like they can take overcome that resistance of life, but they can change the boundaries of their pain levels. They can change the boundaries of how pain has almost circumscribed their life into a small space. I love what the Lord talks about in Psalm 4 when he extends his right hand down and he raises us up and he places us on a, on a, on a high place, yeah. a place of refuge. Yeah. He's saying, I'm going to give you expanded, expanded boundaries. I'm going to expand your thinking. And then I'm going to go from there. So on a practical way, when you're first getting started, I would say it's leaning on him, renewing your mind, mm. catching a vision of what God has for you, and then doing what he says to do. A lot of times we hear the word of God, we become Pharisees in our faith, but we don't do it. Mm, that's good. And God's saying, do it, mm. walk it out and see what happens. Now, to talk about all the details on what were the what was your radical change in diet, Gordon, and what type of exercise should it be low impact or low compression or should it be stretching or could it be all those things can be can be talked about. I would say this for someone: start massively dedicating your life to reading the Word of God, and start from page one and read it, read it, read it, read it, read it just like it's your breath, just like you're eating a scroll and watch that it will taste as sweet as honey. At first, it's terrible. You're, we're not used to the taste. We don't understand it. It feels like we're in a desert, but God will give us an oasis of truth and comfort in our sufferings that we've never experienced before because of the word. So and good. so that's how I would do it. Another thing I would do is reframe your prayer life. Be honest with God. Worship him in spirit and truth. Don't try to hide things. When you've got pain blowing up your life, there's nothing to hide anymore. Yeah. Share the truth. Nothing is too much for God. He knows what sin does in our life. Mm, and, and so those are places that I would start. But obviously, I could get into reducing self-focus and focus on your strengths and don't be a victim and try to avoid the pressure of every day and reduce stress. And I would love to talk about all those things with you. And all of those things were outcomes because I started walking with faith, which helps us to overcome anything. Well, and the good news is that people can still hear from you. So you have a couple books coming out next year, which I'm excited to 
that Boss Media is the publisher for. And then also, how do how do they follow you on their on on your podcast? Because I want to make sure everybody can follow you. That well, you can look you can hear up more. Yeah, it's right now. It's the Gordon and Sharice show, and we're on five different mediums. We're on Facebook, which my people said don't get on Facebook, and I said most people that I know are my age, <laughs> and they don't use some of the other things. Okay, yeah, we have a huge audience starting on Facebook, and we Good. use it. Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. So okay. those are the those are the five that we're going to stick with. We prayed over those. We've literally prayed over those mediums, and we've said this is going to be sacred. And Heavenly Father, how do we reach the people? And that's uh, what we're doing. And God's taking exciting. over on that. Very very exciting. And you'll be speaking next year too with Boss or Shine Like a Boss events, and I'm sure many other places and. So they need to follow you so they can keep up with you and connect with you and be a part of your community. Well, thank so you. thank you very how, much. About, how about praying for everybody today that's listening? Sure. Thanks, okay. Let, let's, let's, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, we love you so much. And Heavenly Father, for those who don't believe, as it says in Mark, help them with their disbelief or their unbelief. Heavenly Father, we're just crying out for a touch today in these difficult times. I just believe with other people who are praying right now, where two or three are gathered in your name, that your power is manifested and your compassion and affection to humankind. May it manifest today, this very second, in the people that are crying and hurting in this, this very difficult and confusing world. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we praise you for the blood that was shed on the cross. And the fact that you cleanse our hearts and you make us new people. We thank you for a Holy Spirit that guides us and directs us each day in our walk. And Heavenly Father, may each person out there gain the strength that comes from you. May their wills be drawn closer to yours. And Heavenly Father, may more than anything else, may all of us give glory to your name in Jesus' holy, holy name. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, Gordon. And thank you for being on today. What a privilege. Thank you. I love thank you for listening having me. to you. You have so much wisdom and I cannot wait till your books come out. So well, um, and we'd love to have you on one of our podcasts. And when we get the time, it would be great if we can even connect Sharice because she represents that spouse's voice of someone who's dealing with chronic pain. Oh, you know it. You know. And so if we have a podcast with all three of us. It's going to be fun. It yeah. is going to be great. We'll do it. When she, I know she she's uh, busy out there, but we'll find some time and get her on the show because I definitely want her to be on. I love her. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on Boss Talk, and we'll uh, see you next time. Thanks. Well, thank you. See you next time. Thank you for joining me here today on Boss Talk. Now you go out and shine like a boss.